should know that we're not trained experts on the things we say about. The 34 of Embrace Yourself. I'm Sunil. I'm Laura, and I can't believe there's 34 episodes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just did, I, you probably didn't listen to it, but I did a solo episode, episode 33. Jane um, listened to it, and I listened to it, and then I forgot to listen to it. That's okay, no worries. I don't listen to our show either. It's okay. But you know what? No, I- Other people seem to, and, uh, so it got me, what got me wanting to come back and, uh, do a little more of this and maybe explore some different avenues and maybe take it into different directions. Uh, we were talking yesterday, and I was saying that I had uh, tried doing the show several different ways, and they all sort of end up giving us the same kind of show in the end. It's like we can churn it whatever way we want. Well, like let's do some research, and then and then talk about it, and maybe we'll both do some research and come to the table. Maybe we'll have it be free form, and you know the episode ends up about the same length and about the same quality. So um, I just think. Because we have innate, perfect timing and construct, so we don't really need a format. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, yeah. So the, episode 34, uh, I wanted to talk about punk rock. And not yeah. really the the sort of, uh, not just the music genre, but yeah, the music genre. Um, so this was sparked by, um, no one's going to see this, but I'll show it to you. Um you see it. I'm reading this book, uh, Endless, Endless, uh, A Lo-Fi History of the Elephant Six Mystery. And the mystery being, um, I'll just, it's Jeff Mangum of, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. The mystery being like, at the peak of, uh, their like, um, ascent to, uh, superstardom perhaps. Uh, Jeff Mangum decided, uh, he was just gonna stop doing it. And he basically didn't tell his bandmates either. It was just sort of a, like, this guy, like, they went on this tour, they did a very successful tour, they did a couple, uh, odds and ends show around, shows around the holidays in Athens. Maybe you should give a teeny tiny primer on who they are. Some people might not know who he is or who Neutral Milk do is. Do you want to do that or do you want me to do that? I just, I mean, just to say that it's a band that had an extremely huge, like, indie hit record in the, what, early 90s? Yeah, sorry. Neutral, so Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, yeah, big, big hit record in the airplane over the sea. Um, very influential in the indie rock, uh, world, I guess. Um, but it's also, it's an album that's got sort of a long tail. Uh, it gets mentioned in a lot of places and the music gets put into a lot of like hip things like, uh, April Ludgate's favorite band is Neutral Milk Hotel on Parks and Recreation. Um, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's had like a, a, a very lasting effect, I think, on people of, our generation, let's say, and, you know, afterwards as well, and probably before us as well, but, like, the Elephant Six uh, Collective was a, um, um, uh, a collective of, of musicians and artists and crazy people that lived in and around um, at, uh, Athens, Georgia, I guess, yeah, 
it sort of got its start in Ruston, Louisiana, as kids. Like Robert Schneider uh, is a guy who is most well known for uh, leading Apples and Stereo. Um, but he played with Jeff Mangum and Nutrimilk Hotel and, and is a very like loose collective of just very creative people that wanted to work with each other on stuff. And a lot of that stuff ended up being music and recordings. Um, so is that a pretty good primer, primer? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so anyway, Jeff Mangum, the band Nutrimilk Hotel was on sort of an ascent, uh, they were getting, getting good, getting, uh, popular. They were selling out a lot of like theater shows and stuff. And then all of a sudden one day they come back to town and, and Jeff doesn't want to do it anymore. And he basically doesn't tell anybody in the band that that's what is happening. And they're all just kind of like, okay, it'd be like if you and I went on a big podcast tour and then like, instead of just quitting like I normally do, it would just be like, I quit. But we were like doing so well and I didn't tell you that we were quitting. Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, one of the things they say about bands is in order to make music with people, you need good communication, but apparently that's not true. Yeah. I mean, they were able to like cohesively be a band for quite some time. Without any of the bandmates knowing that he hated it all the time or something. I mean, I, that's so wild to me, but that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. And then like, um, and then he he didn't give interviews or anything like that after that either. Maybe he did like one performance. And I did I did see him. He did end up touring again, like in 2012, I think it was maybe. Uh, and I saw him in LA. Uh, I think it was it was just him solo with some other instruments. I can't remember now. You know what? I was drinking a lot back then, so I don't quite remember what. Uh, what I, what, what, uh, version of him I saw. But, uh, what do you, were you into the Elephant Six bands at all? Yeah, particularly Neutral Milk Hotel, um, who, who didn't just have one album, but oh. they had one album. It was their sophomore full length album that was nuts, insanely popular. Yeah. Um, you might have seen it in the record store. It's a lady with a tambourine head. I don't know why, but I think of that album cover all the time, probably because yeah. it's a lady with a tambourine head. Um, yeah. but I also really liked, oh, what were they called? Of Montreal, were they part yes. of it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those would be yes. the top two for me. I mean, I was like way into Of Montreal for a while. Yeah. yeah. And what's very interesting is that on the last episode, I mentioned my new job and that I work at Polyvinyl Records and Merge is one of our like family labels that use our software essentially and merge just released a the complete vinyl collection of neutral hotel stuff and um of montreal is now currently on polyvinyl it has been for a while so it's it's all kind of they're all around it's just not the elephant six thing i was also really into the uh olivia tremor control i don't know if you were into them they're more no. like psychedelic I can perfectly visualize their album covers. I mean, this was literally the period of time in which I was working at a record store. Yeah. So like a lot of very seared into my memory in terms of what was popular yeah. and in terms of what their records looked like. I remember a lot of my friends liked them, but I was like, I asked, 
Good dog for me. <laughs> <laughs> I dug it. I, I was into it. I, if I put it on now, I might not like it. Who knows? But um, anyway, so the, the the reason I wanted to talk about punk rock is because throughout this book, which I haven't finished, I'm a good way through it, but a lot of the descriptions of the scene, a lot of people are talking about it. They're just, you know, it's a very oral history, the book is, and it's not, it's not, it was from a time where a lot of stuff isn't very well documented, um, the 90s, you know, uh, and so people are describing the scene as very punk rock. As sort of like, the music is not what you think of as punk rock, but the vibe and aesthetic, the DIY-ness of it, of it all. And like everybody helping out with everybody's thing and, and, and playing on each other's records and like playing with whatever shitty instruments. Like Jeff Mangum's thing was like, if a string broke, he'd just be like, that's okay. Like I still have five left. Like he wouldn't like stop to fix the string. He would just, you know, keep playing. Um, and that's sort of punk rock. Um, uh, and, and, and I guess that, that was a starting, that was a starting for the discussion. <laughs> yeah. Rock. Yeah. So whether or not I would think of that as punk rock, I would say yes, aesthetically speaking, if aesthetic is a way of living or a way of communicating and working together or thinking about the world, less so aesthetic as in like we're wearing leather jackets with spikes and, um, have mm-hmm. liberty. Liberty Mohawk and that kind of stuff. Agreed, agreed, and that's kind of where where I'm going with it. With like punk rock, I mean, in a sense, you're punk rock, even though you probably don't listen to primarily music that only consists of three chords. I only listen to Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Op Ivy, just Rancid. Nope, just straight to Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> Sound system. Yeah. But like, like you and your wife, like, you know, you're kind of, uh, and then in a way, I guess I'm trying to move towards a more punk rock way of living, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in this world, and, and I'm sort of maybe more understanding where that way of living comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah, I think... I think you're right because the term punk rock didn't come from a type of music or even the way you look at first. It really came from, we really don't have jack shit and um, we are just going to make music and see what happens. And we're just kind of like, fuck society. I don't give a shit if you think we're rude. You know, like I think that was a general, like the, if I was going to do like a teeny, this was the beginning of punk in a nutshell. Probably, you know, I think that makes sense. A lot of, a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say trying to get attention. That's not what I mean, but, but like shock value, a lot of shock value involved, you know, not that that's bad. Um, but the, a lot of those people pro- probably were like, even if they weren't like, we're thinking about how we want to, you know, live our lives sustainably. <laughs> they probably were like, fuck the establishment. Plus we don't have money. So we're not going to buy new shit. We're not going to pay for expensive cars. We're not going to pay for designer clothes. Fuck you. You know, so that kind of raggedy ass aspect. Yes. Unfortunately, I think clothing wise, it absolutely describes the clothes I have <laughs> hardly ever buy new clothes. Um, but honestly, like at our house, like right now, my wife is darning socks. That's awesome. Like that's for real. She learned yeah. how to 
been darning all the holes in our socks. It's weird how well it works. Um, yeah. But anything. I don't know that, why it's called darning at all. Like why? Why is that the term it, for socks? You only it, darn it, socks. You don't darn anything else. No, you don't darn it. <laughs> but I mean, my point being, like the 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 mindset. I think in, in many respects, it's more of a mindset and a way of living. Like to me, yes. like left that's authentic about punk rock you know it's been the bastardization of the term for you know commercial reasons has really changed all of that you know so i mean yeah. hot topic didn't exist when punk rock existed you know like no no but i think this elephant six like describing that soup of people and like things they were doing and the way they were living and indubitably many of them are probably like mentally ill in some way, you know, like you don't, you don't dedicate yourself to like, I mean, in, in the best possible of ways, like in the sense that I'm mentally ill, you know, um, in the sense that it makes me want to make stuff and do art and make songs and like, that's not a neurotypical activity, I think. No, and I don't think, it, I think it's completely in line with that to be really unnerved by and unable to fit into mainstream society. Yes. Like my, yeah. my motivations and interests and passions and way of regimenting and organizing do not at all gel with what is the standard, which is really mm-hmm. hard. So mm-hmm. fuck. I'm not conforming to your shit. Do you know how many unread emails I have in my inbox? I don't know. <laughs> thousand? Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to fucking change that. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't care about, I wouldn't do any internet stuff if I didn't have to. Honestly, at this point, I just want to be an old Luddite on a lesbian yeah. step. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. I, uh, you know, due to the nature of my being, I must do internet things because that's sort of just how, how I'm wired. But, like I have to, for my job, I have to use the internet. I mean, if I most no, of my I, I want to use the, I want to use the internet is more what I'm saying. Like I I like to I like to use the internet. I love the technology. I grew up with the technology. I grew up with like the pre with the bones of the internet, using yeah. the bones of the internet before it was a body. You know, um, but like I'm more. I was telling my dad like I I work at this place and. It's great, and, and as long as we keep selling records, I'm good. Like, I don't have to give a shit about the greater economy, you know? Like, I don't I don't care about the stock market. I know all your money is in the stock market, but I don't care about it, and I'm trying to, like, not... It might be sort of an isolationist, like, move, but try not to have too many tentacles out in the greater world, because it's icky, and I don't like it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, capitalism sucks and it really is making literally everyone's life worse other than like a few complete pieces of shit who don't care about anything but have a lot of money. So yeah, I mean, to me, punk rock is like saying like, no, fuck conformity. And it's interesting because I think we're both around the same age, like in our early forties, right? Yeah. No, I'm 23. You just didn't realize. I was going to guess 28, but wow, you look you look okay. You look you look weathered. I hate the to gray. <laughs> I you know I drank a lot in the past. <laughs> oh, oh brother, but yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying. That I just totally lost track. 
of no, so, say, so, so I've been listening. Do you know the band Pup? Say the name again. Pup. Like Puppy? P-U-P, yeah. I don't know them. They're a punk band. They're okay. from Toronto. Um, Is it current? Yeah, current. current okay. Band. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they actually are up for like a Juno Award or whatever, like a, you know, Canadian cool. I'm all about Canadian music lately because uh, Polyvinyl's big album is an always record and they're from Toronto and uh, they've been like the main focus since I started working there until like recently because they're making us all our money. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but Pup, uh, they have a song called DVP, which I have no idea why it's called that. And people that are, have watched pornography will know why I'm confused that it's called that. Um, but the, the song. Not, no, don't. You shouldn't. Don't. You shouldn't I won't ask. ask. I won't Google it, but continue. Don't, don't ask. Don't tell. In this don't worry. Um, <laughs> They have a lot of themes about not wanting to grow up. In the, and I feel like that's like a recurring thing. It's like, let's use three chords and talk about how my girlfriend says I drink too much. My girlfriend says I need to grow up. My girlfriend, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fuck you. It seems to be like that, that punk rock, the cool thing we were just talking about, the way of life. When it's filtered into music, it always seems to come out the same. It's mm. always like that song about not wanting to grow up, you know? Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, quite frankly, I can't blame anyone for not wanting to grow up. Being an adult in the United States sucks. Oh, yeah. You know, like I can't. It's not like. It's not like they're wrong that being an adult sucks. They can see the world around them a lot clearer than adults can. And by they, I mean anyone who doesn't quite consider themselves an adult yet. I think I will be an adult um, this coming April because I will be 45. And that's the age that when I was a little kid, I considered, like, that was just straight-up adult age. Like, if you were 45, yeah. you were, like, capital A adult. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'll be 44. I'm still a child. No, I was just talking to my friend um, recently who has, uh, who's like 10 years younger than me and has like a kid and a husband and works and was great at improv, like just recently retired from improv because it's like too much stuff to do essentially when you have a family. Um, yeah. But like, it has her shit together, but like has problems, but like has her shit together and I find that to be very grown up, but also mm-hmm. like still manages to have a whimsy about her that's missing in a lot of adults, you know, um, and a sense of humor about things. And I don't know. I just think that punk rock way of living sort of can apply to a lot of things, I think is what I'm saying. And it doesn't mean one thing necessarily, but like when you think about punk rock music, when I think about punk rock music, it's just like, fuck you, fuck you, one, two, three, four. And it's just like, you know, like, why? Why isn't it better? Why is the music better? And also I don't understand how like punk musicians can, you and I were talking about this when we were playing music together, right? Like punk musicians are so dedicated. To like this mm-hmm. one thing, and they're awesome at it, but like why? 
I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, more power to anyone who likes that style of punk rock. I Am I alienating all of our punk rock fans? I, I mean, honestly, we looked at our stats and most of our fans are punk rock, so I do think this is a really controversial take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just confused about the music a little bit. I think maybe it's also, I, I did, I did sort of have, it, I mean, I know the music is simple and it's sort of, it's sort of taking that like ownership of the, like this music has the ability to make people feel a certain way and anybody can make it. And that's powerful, kind of, you know? Yeah, totally. I think so. I mean, yeah. Like the early Elephant Six stuff was very jangly. And very, yeah. there wasn't like, we're going for this vibe or aesthetic. You wouldn't look at someone and be like, oh, you must be from the Elephant Six Collective. You know, right. you were totally normal looking or completely weird. Didn't really matter at all. It yeah. just was, was a way of thinking and wanting to create, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Which it just way, so happens. Yeah. Way of thinking, a conscientious way of living that is um, counter- culture, um, I think is really honestly super important. It's something people need to be doing much more right now. Yeah. As as I say from my MacBook Pro, I mean, I'm totally immersed in this world as much as anyone else, but I'm also very conscientious of that and trying as much as possible to figure out ways that I can. And I don't even mean like recycle. I mean, that's not even what I'm talking about. I don't give a shit if you recycle, but like. No, yeah, I've, I've railed against recycling on this, on this show before where I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. But really considering like what is important and you know, what possessions do you really need to have? And like, what are you doing to sustain like not only like those around you, but your own community, you know, like that kind of stuff, yeah. which is not easy because Americans have been 100% socialized to not do that. You know, like we're not socialized to like reach out to our immediate community, you know, like we don't have block parties or know all our neighbors. That's wrong, but that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's also like, I mean, we don't live in like communities of necessarily like-minded people either. Like it's tough to organize a community unless there's something to organize around, I think. I think community sustainability and shared values exist even amongst a population that's diverse. And I think that that's like a really overlooked concept by a lot True. of people. And that makes sense because we're told all the time, like it's so divisive and everything's, and it is. Yeah. I think that you cannot take away the fact that there are commonalities, things that everybody cares about and thinks is important. And so I, I just feel like you have to find what that is. And that's what community building is, you know? Yeah. I want just, those things to be behind me right now. I'm sorry? The, the more you know, like the little star. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I'm just I'm grasping at straws for what that might be with certain people. I'm just like, I don't even know. Super challenging, and in some cases probably impossible, but I think one yeah. of those makes a lot of sense to, like, really dig deep about, you know? Definitely. Like, I, was, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to because, I don't know, I, I've been – he might have been all over the place this last few weeks, but um, I was listening to a podcast that was, uh, they were talking to a psychologist, and she was essentially saying that the only statistic that we really have any good research on for um, longevity and health is community. How many friends do you have? How many people are you in touch with? How many oh, yeah. You? 
And yet we are fully, fully conditioned to not do that as Americans, which I just think is so sad. Sure. I mean, I'm sure. not saying I'm sad at it. I'm totally not. I hate the people on the church that live behind us. I mean, I'm just as good as anybody else, but I'm trying really hard to recognize that we share a space and a fence line and I need to not wish their building would burn down. I'm sorry. Well, it's really tough when you're an introvert too. Like, us. yes. I mean, it's like, uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, I try, like, you know, I don't want to harp on the fact that my neighbor's an idiot, but you know, I tried when I moved in to be nice to everybody. I wanted to meet everybody. Like, but it's like, I wish I didn't, you know, it's just sort of like, well, why did I do that? Like, it's, it's almost, totally- it makes me only want to go to places where I know I'm going to like the people. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about it, part of it's because it shouldn't be all on you. Like if a new person moves into a neighborhood, like the people who live there should be the ones initiating that and inviting them, not like, oh, I should go introduce myself to my new neighbors. I mean, that's nice to do, but I think that's backwards, you know? And again, not to say this, but something I've been giving a lot of thought to in terms of like, you know, what do we do going forward to like be physically and mentally healthy as much as possible since like literally no entity cares about that. <laughs> about no. like how we're feeling like mentally or physically as Americans is clearly not important to those in charge. So sorry to break it to you folks. No, and I think that the, yeah, that it's becoming more and more apparent just in society generally that that's the case. Like it's kind of like not every, it's not just the crazies that are shooting up the, you know, places and schools and stuff. It's like, just my, like your friends, people that you see day to day, like people aren't having a great time at things. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so that's tough. Um, also school shootings are not punk rock. Let's be clear. No, not- no, 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 no. I don't think, well, I was going to say, I don't think violence is punk rock, but violence is kind of punk rock sometimes. Against the state? Yeah. Against the state and against Nazis? That would be the state. I think I would consider that globally. Yeah, the state. no, fascism is, is actually, isn't fascism the combo of the state and, um, commercial interests to, uh, isn't that really the root of fascism? Is that what it is? I suppose so. I just wasn't looking necessarily to get to the root of it. But, no, let's get let's solve the root of fascism right now, please. I I read a book on Mussolini. I got this. Let's talk uh, Mussolini. No, well, no, I don't want to. I really oh, okay. don't. <laughs> There's too many parallels. Tr- truly, too many parallels to where we are right now. Just to say <laughs> but um, I was gonna say you you said yeah, rock comes out of like because uh, the state of life in America is not so great. And other places. I mean, punk rock comes out of like Russia. You see, Russia's pretty garbage place to live too. You don't, you, you don't hear like punk rock coming out of like Sweden, like where they have a, an ample social safety net. That's true. I mean, I, it probably exists, but I don't think that, I don't think that that's probably you like totally metal where they have like time to work on like more guitar chords and like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're not mad at the state. We're worried about death. I don't work on this solo. <laughs> solo is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you have death care, you can play in the cemetery a lot. So, you know, <laughs> you have time. Those videos. Yeah. I don't know. You do have time. That's <laughs> why we need a guaranteed basic income so that we can all learn more guitar chords, I think. I 100% think that. Yeah, I totally. 
And I also like the other thing I think in terms of like punk rock is literally being as anti-establishment as you can, but recognizing like the role that you can play outside of the system and outside of the state. So like instead of giving your money to charity, giving money to people in your neighborhood who need need it, finding people who live near you who need help immediately. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to like toot my mutual own aid. No, like okay. mutual aid. Mutual aid is punk rock. Definitely. And I'm not going to, and I'm not, I'm not saying I give a ton of money to all sorts of people, but like, you know, if people, people close to me need money for things, I am there. Um, cause I, I, I realize I'm in a privileged position, uh, at the moment. My, my fortunes could obviously turn at any point, just like anybody's, but I'm in a position to help, uh, you know, and, and when I am, I do. So I'm with you on that. For sure. Um, well, I give money to strangers. <laughs> um, I do. Yeah, if you go, yeah, on Instagram, there's an account called Pay Black Now, okay. and it's all it's all urgent requests from people, um, usually women with kids who are being evicted from their apartment or who right. you know are. And so they literally have requests or like this needs to happen or this person's being kicked out. And so you can, their cash app and Venmo is all up there. So it's a really good way to just be like, I'm going to immediately help somebody right now. I Could you say think, the URL again, please? Huh? Could you say the URL again? Oh, I thought you said, and you said that you are elegant. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. Okay. it's on. <laughs> I'm like, are you trying to change the subject in a weird way, Samil? Okay. It's an Instagram account. Okay. So it's at Pay Black Now. So Pay yeah. Black Now. So I assume it's all it's black people. Yes, I would okay. I would that is the case. Yes, and okay. you know they had a post once recently that I really liked because it said you know if you are concerned that the people who are asking for money are scammers, you're probably racist. And yeah. I think that I really do. So um, I think it just makes a lot of sense to to believe people who say they need help. You know, and I think that that's, I don't know, that's fucking punk rock, man. All right. Yeah, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, that's punk rock, man. That's a good way to end it, I think. I think we could probably wrap this up. All of this started about, you know, a uh, very famous and mysterious album that apparently was um, uh, made because of Anne Frank. So there's yeah that. no so yeah listen to that the was album Neutral Milk Hotel is very good if you haven't listened it's not for everybody people don't not necessarily like the dude's voice um I so this is my Neutral Milk Hotel story I my friend Kit back in you know when the album came out we were uh, on a road trip he puts it on it's me him and a bunch of other people he puts it on I immediately hate it I'm <laughs> like what this guy's voice and. My friend Kit is like, you're supposed to like this. Like, I think he just sort of knew that, like, I was gonna like this once I, once it hit me or some, something. And, you know, I ended up loving it. And my singing voice isn't for everybody either. And so I, I find I'm in this, like, family of, like, him, John Darneal from Mountain Goats, like, that kind of, like, that that voice that not everybody likes, but I love kind of, kind of a reedy voice. Yeah, um, like good it. shit, good shit in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Check it out, Nutrimo Hotel, Elephant Six. 
Instagram account, Pay Black Now. Is some of the, I'm going to put all this in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. Endless, endless, a lo-fi history of the Elephant Six mystery by Adam Clare was my inspiration for the episode. Um, got any final words, Laura? Put a link to a rancid video in the notes. Which one? What song do you like? Movie Soho. Okay. I like that song, though. It's good. I think it's funny because people are going to legitimately think I like rancid. Um, I, who cares? That's fine. I like, I like, you know what I like? I like making, but they, just, they to me are bands that's, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you, Sunil. Go ahead. No, like, I think that's a good fake fact for you. Like, I, think, I like having fake facts about me that people, like, actually believe. Like, people thought I was into, like, play jazz because of that thing, you know, the jazz, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think people, like, thinking that you love Rancid is a fine fake fact for Laura. But I think in terms of, like, a modern band, I mean, it's kind of old now, that kind of still had that, like, actual punk aesthetic from England. You know, they're one of the few, you know, that still was doing the spikes and the bracelets yeah. and all that. So, my dad really liked them. I don't know why, but he did. He liked Rancid? Oh, you know what? No, actually, I'm thinking of The Offspring. My dad liked The Offspring. <laughs> wow. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dad was punk rock. The offspring is decidedly not very punk rock. No. The Duke's cool. Dexter Holland is a very smart guy. He's a PhD microbiologist. Um, it's very interesting. Punk rock people, like Greg Graffin from Bad Religion. Very, yeah. like, smart dude. Um, the music just comes out very, like, it's like what you and I were saying about Super Chum. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, yeah, everyone fucking loves it, but it's like all the same. But anyway. Right. But if you really, really like something, it's awesome to be served, you know, various variations on it over and over again. I get that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. True. True. So, True. And yeah, whatever. How crack to you. I'm going to go listen to Operation Ivy. Sweet. I'm actually going to listen to Ruby and Soho right now. <laughs> so I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> When I can name my thing. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice. It was nice talking to you. Uh, I'm glad we're doing this again. I think this is good. I think it, it's flowing, and it, it, we're gonna get get back on 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 track and get back into it this year. Yeah. Agreed. We'll eventually change the world. It'll take a couple more episodes, but we're getting there. Yeah. By episode 37, things will be looking just just right out there mm-hmm. in the world. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Laura. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.